0: I love Old Time Radio producing a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme Monday's Crime Does Not Pay on the Shadow. This episode originally aired on March 7th, 1948. So here is the Beast of Darrow House.
1: Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow. The hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. One of the lessons learned this past winter is that there is no real substitute for hard coal. America's finest, most reliable home heating fuel. Householders using coal have enjoyed steady, healthful warmth all winter long for two big reasons. First, there has been sufficient anthracite available. Second, the men who deliver this fuel, the blue coal dealers in particular, have done a wonderful job under the most difficult conditions and with real cooperation from you, their customers. But the winter isn't quite over. Your blue coal dealer needs and appreciates your continued cooperation. So... Give him several days' notice when you need more coal... and take his advice about the best size of coal to use at this time of the year. The Shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret... The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Beast of Darrow House. It began on a night of sweeping rain and shattering thunder 30 years ago. That night, death was coming for old Thaddeus Darrow, and that eccentric gentleman sat waiting for it by candlelight. His hands clutched a heavy black blackthorn cane, and at his feet lay the only creature he had ever trusted: Rufus, a savage and massive health power.!
2: <laughs>
3: Who's there? Who's knocking? It's Smethers, sir. Come in. Quiet, Rufus. Quiet, old boy. only the blithering imbecile who lights her fires and cooks her food. There now. Close the door.
4: Uh, I come to say the doctor is gone now, sir. I drove into the train. What did he say about me, Smethers? He mentioned something about as to how you might be wanting a lawyer. Diar. To make a will, sir. He says you've not got any and you'd sure not want to to go without making one.
3: Ah. Oh, he said that, did he? Did he now? That is wrong. He says Who cares what he says? But I say that counts. And I'll die without a will.
4: But the house, sir. Who'll it belong
3: to? Nobody. Nobody. Oh, never fear. You'll be allowed to spend the rest of your so called life in the seventh quarters outside. Yet I've given orders about the house itself. To be boarded up and left empty. To rot here on the hillside. Mr. Devil! It'll be well guarded, this house. Well guarded. I'm leaving Rufus in charge. (laughs) You'll stand watch while this house rots away. Won't you, boy? Until it's only a creaking skeleton across the face of the moon. And all who dare set foot on these premises will find death, sudden death, in the jaws of the beast of Darrow. Mr. Darrow!
2: Mr. Darrow!
5: You're Dr. Travick, aren't you? Dr. Lyle Travick?
1: Yes. You sent for me, I believe. I
5: did, Doctor. Uh, First, because you knew my grandfather, Thaddeus Darrow, and secondly, because I need your professional services. I see. After all these years, the courts have decided to award me my grandfather's estate. I've uh, just come into possession of Darrow House.
1: My congratulations.
5: I wonder if I'm really to be congratulated.
1: Why, ever not?
5: You haven't heard of... The beast of Darrow House?
1: The beast of... Oh, oh yes, of course. I trust you're not letting that old nonsense distress you.
5: You think it is nonsense?
1: A mad beast old Thaddeus left to guard his house 30 years ago? A ridiculous fairy tale probably perpetuated by the feeble mind of that old servant, Smithers.
5: You know, I'm amazed, Dr. Travick. I thought that you... A doctor of psychology, a psychic investigator?
1: (laughs) Though I make my living, Miss Amelia, investigating haunted houses and other such unpleasant localities, I must confess that I'm a firm disbeliever in the supernatural.
5: So am I, really, but I don't believe in taking chances. I'd like to know there's no danger at Darrow House before I take occupancy.
1: And I'd be glad to investigate for you, Miss Darrow, if the uh, fee were satisfactory.
5: We'll have no trouble about the fee. But I would like a report as soon as possible. If it's perfectly safe, I'd move in at once.
1: Very well. Let's see, I can leave the Darrow House tonight with my secretary, Miss Ogilvy. We will spend 48 hours in the place. And at the end of that time, I'll phone you to say that the beast of Darrow House has no basis in reality.
5: And if it does?
1: If it does, Miss Amelia, <laughs> I may not be able to phone you at all.
4: There it is, Dr. Travick. Just 11 o'clock.
1: Good, Miss Overly. Our vigil has ended. We've been here exactly 48 hours.
4: And no sign of the beast with the red eyes and the slavering jaws. Not a
1: single snarl.
4: Well, you can call Miss Darrow now and give her the all clear.
1: I've already done it. You have? Why should the poor woman wait any longer? I phoned her two hours ago.
4: And she's coming out?
1: She should be arriving at the railroad station in the village any moment. What's that? It's only Smethers, I believe. Is it Smethers? Uh,
4: yes, sir.
1: Miss Amelia is on her way to Darrow House.
4: Oh, you, you haven't told her it was all right to come, have you, sir? Why, yes. Oh, you shouldn't have, sir. It isn't all right at all, at all. Yes, yes, we know. There is a beast, Mum. I've seen him, I've seen Don't him. Don't
1: worry about it, old man. I'm taking full responsibility. All you have to do is get the station wagon and drive Miss Bogleby down to meet the train. All right, sir. Be it as you say, but the sin's on your own head.
4: You've you got to believe me, Mum. The beast is real. He's real, Mum. Don't be a fool, Smithers. That dog of old Darrow's has been dead these 30 years. Dead he may be, but he walks. I've seen him, and it'll be an ugly death for anybody who tries to live in this house, I tell you. He hasn't bothered you, I noticed, Smithers. Oh, he he won't bother me. Uh, Mr. Thaddeus said I could stay in the servant's quarters. And he hasn't bothered Dr. Travick and me. Give him time, Mum. Give him time. Smithers, I'm sure you really believe you've seen the beast, but you haven't. And I don't have the time to stand here and argue with you. Open the door, will you please? Yes, Mum, as you say, Mum. Now, we'll have to hurry down to the station to meet Miss Darrell. <laughs> what was that?
2: <gasps>
4: Mum, oh Mum, it's, it's him! Dr. Trennock! Dr. Trennock! <laughs> ah!
1: set, bag and baggage for a restful weekend.
5: Yeah, it looks as if it'd be restful, all right. Not a all at the station but us.
1: Oh, this is a very big station.
5: Are they coming to a me meeting?
1: Well, Bill said if he or Jane couldn't get away, they'd leave the station wagon down here for us. We could drive up.
5: There's no one out here on the platform.
1: Oh, there it is. It's the only car in the parking lot. You wait here with the luggage, Margo. I'll bring the car around.
5: Hurry, darling. I'm freezing. I, I beg your pardon. Oh. I couldn't help overhearing what you said about a station wagon. Station wagon? I was waiting inside. I uh, came up on an earlier train. There was supposed to be someone here from Darrow House to meet me. I'm Amelia Darrow. Oh, I'm Margot Lane. How do you do? How do you do? I was wondering if you could give me a lift. Darrow House is only a few miles up the road. Ooh. We'd be glad to. I hope I'm not imposing. No, not at all. Better get your luggage, Miss Darrow. Mr. Cranson's bringing the car around now.
1: Uh, Miss Darrell.
5: I don't know how to thank you, Mr. Cranston. Please don't bother. Wasn't out of our way at all. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Yes, I do.
1: Sounds like a man sobbing is coming right from behind this tree. Who's there? Answer me.
4: It's, it, it, it's only me.
5: What? Leather? Oh, Miss
4: Amelia, what's wrong? Miss Ogilvy, Dr. with secretary. Yes? She's lying on the floor in the entrance hall,
1: dead. Oh, Death The beast It was the beast Where are you going, Lamont? Inside, have a look Now, we'll see what this is all Where
5: what? is she? I don't see anything in here
1: Well, neither do I
5: It's, it's just possible it's measured was being things He often does
1: well, there's nobody in the entrance hall. Smither's.
4: Uh, I'm out here,
1: sir. So come inside. Please.
5: No, sir, I ain't ever
4: coming in again.
1: Come in here, I say, or I'll come out and get you. Oh, please, sir. I've seen enough trouble in this house.
4: <laughs> but where, where's she gone? Where's Miss Ogilvy?
1: That's what I want to ask you.
4: But she, she was right here. She, she tried to run inside, and he
1: followed her and killed her. Who did? The beast. The, the th- beast. What beast? Oh,
5: Miss Doctor Travis
1: Oh, Miss Amelia. Uh, what's going on here? Who are these
5: people? Uh, oh, oh, this is Mr. Cranston and Miss Lane. They drove me over from the station.
1: The says says uh, Miss Ogilvy has been murdered. Nonsense. Oh,
5: it's not. It's not. Somebody's got to believe me
1: before it's too late.
4: If Miss Ogilvy wasn't murdered, where is she?
1: That I can't say, but I'm sure she'll turn up soon, alive and well. Well, oh, just how can you be so sure she isn't dead? Because, Mr. Cranston, I'm not idiotic enough to believe in a ghostly dog, dead a quarter of a century, who wanders this house killing all trespassers. You look like a sensible man. And I scarcely believe that you would credit such ridiculous superstition. Would you? Well, frankly, no. I thought not. You sent me here to investigate this place in Amelia. I have done so. And I can now officially state that there is absolutely no truth in the legend of the Beast of Darrow House.
5: Well, that sets my mind at ease. Um, if you'll all excuse me now, I want to start getting settled. Certainly.
1: You're using the apartment in the north wing, Miss Amelia?
5: Yes, I like the view over the hills. Uh, thanks again, Miss Lane. Mr. Cranston, it was all. nothing, Miss Darrell.
1: Well, I suppose we'll be running along now. Good night, then. And good luck. Good night, Doctor.
5: Strange, wasn't it?
1: Unusual, to say the least.
5: That old servant is obviously still in mine. That's talking about things. Mm. What was that? It again. Do you hear that?
1: I'm afraid I do.
5: sounded like an animal howling. A
1: rather big animal. Something one might easily call a beast. This, <laughs> Mark. You go inside, ask to use the phone. Say we have a plan. anything. What are you going to do? I'm going to find the servants' office. I think old Smethers knows more than he's told.
5: And you think he'll tell it to you?
1: Not to me, to the shadow. <laughs>
4: Don't believe me, huh? Think I'm a fool, don't I? Oh, they'll see, they'll see. <laughs> what? What? What was that? Uh, Doctor Travick, is that you? No, this is
2: not Doctor travick Smithers.
4: Oh, where's that voice coming from? There's nobody here but me. I am
2: here, Smithers. Standing right
1: at your elbow, that you cannot see me.
4: Who, who are you?
1: I am the shadow. I've come to learn the truth, Smithers. You cannot lie to me. Is there a beast of Darrow House?
4: Yes, yes, there is. I've seen him.
1: How often have you seen him?
4: Tonight, when he killed Miss Ogilvy, and last night, right from these windows here, I saw him crossing the grounds outside.
2: What does he look like?
4: Oh, a great shaggy brute of a dog, like the elk hound. Old Mr. Darrow left the guard the house 30 years ago.
2: 30 years ago? No dog lives
4: for 30 years, Mathers. This dog did. He'll never die. He'll go on prowling and killing as long as there's anyone in the Darrow house. He's a phantom beast, a snarling, vicious devil that will... What's that? Uh, the house phone's ringing, sir. Somebody wants me. Answer uh, quickly. Hello. Mother. Yes,
3: mum. This is Miss
5: Amelia. I'm calling from the North Wing. Yes, mum. I closed the door behind me and now I can't open it. it. Seems to be locked from the outside. I want you to come right up and.
4: Yes. What is it, mum?
5: I I don't know. There seems to be something scratching outside the window. Scratch.
4: Scratching? Did you say?
5: Yes. You, you'd better hurry
4: up. Get out of that room, Miss Amelia. Get out while you can. But I
2: can't. The door, I tell you. Not... <coughs> oh. Miss no. Amelia. No, please. 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 <coughs> Miss Amelia. Miss Amelia. Miss Amelia. <coughs>
1: return to the shadow in just a minute. Among the many, many letters received since the introduction of the blue coal temp master thermostat is one which I have here from Charles E. Hederick of Buffalo, New York. Mr. Hederick says, I am writing this letter to tell you how pleased I am with my new blue coal temp master. I'm sure that a coal furnace regulated by a temp master gives my home the best possible heat. My supply of blue coal in the cellar assures me of uninterrupted warmth all winter, and my blue coal temp master helps to burn that fine coal the easy way. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Blue coal, plus a Tempmaster automatic heat regulator, is just about the finest way to heat your home. The Tempmaster eliminates running up and down stairs to adjust dampers. The thermostat in the living room controls them automatically. A Tempmaster is not expensive and is very easily installed without interrupting the heat in your home. You'll be so enthusiastic about your Tempmaster that you'll probably write to your dealer and say, as Mr. Hederick did, Thanks, Blue Coal, for an especially comfortable home this winter. Thank you for writing, Mr. Hedderick. Friends, get in touch with your Blue Coal dealer about a new Tempmaster thermostat tomorrow. Now, back to the shadow. Smethers, the aged butler of Darrow House, was on the phone to Miss Amelia in the north wing when suddenly he heard the snarl of the beast and a strangled scream. Then silence. A few moments later, as Lamont and Margot and Smethers pounded on the door to Miss Amelia's room, Miss Amelia! Miss Amelia! Lamont, why doesn't she
4: answer? There's strong
1: possibility she can't, Margo. Oh,
4: heaven prisoner! her. Stand back, her. Smethers. Oh, what are you going to going do, to Break sir? this
1: door in. Oh, don't,
4: sir. Oh, don't the beast He's inside. we have to meet
1: him sooner or later, Smethers. <laughs>
4: Miss Amelia! Miss... Mister... Well, there's nobody in this room at all. She was there. She said she was right here in the north wing. What's all the excitement?
1: Miss Amelia's been attacked, Traffic. Attacked? Yes. Where is she? Well, we don't know, but it happened in this room. Are you sure? Oh, yes, sir. I
4: talked to her on the house phone. Oh, you talked
1: to her, eh, yes, oh, yes, sir. I'm what afraid that... your imagination is playing tricks on us again. Not this time, Traffic. What do you mean? Miss Amelia phoned Smethers from this room. Oh? Yes. How do you know? Where were... were you there, Cranston? Well, I... No, I, I wasn't there, but I can tell you this much. What? The time has come to call the police. They're just there's just no time to I wait. I'm a reasonable man, Mr. and I asked you to meet me halfway. Well, let's search the house early just once. And if we don't find Mr. Melia and Miss Fugliel, I'll contact the authorities myself. All right, it's a deal. Where are you going, Lamar? I'll search through the attic, starting with this story. Good. Mathers and I will take the lower part of the house. Wait here, Margot. Don't leave this room till I get back.
4: Right, Lamar. Come along, Smethers. Not me, sir. Smethers? Thaddeus Darrow didn't want nobody to search in this house, and I ain't taking no chances.
5: Why was that, Smethers? What, Miss Lane? Why was Mr. Thaddeus so concerned that nobody should search this house? I ain't
4: sure, mum, but I think it was because of his money. His money? Yes, sir. You knew him, sir. You knew how bad he hated people. Well? The night he died, he told me nobody was going to get his money, and that he'd taken care to see nobody ever would.
5: What did he mean by that, Smethers?
4: I can't swear, mum, but... If you ask me, I think it's buried somewhere inside Darrow House. You think it's still here? Yes, mum, and the beast is still here to protect it. Rubbish. I tell you, I saw him last night. (laughs) Listen,
1: it sounds as if it were coming from the cellar. (laughs) It's
4: him.
5: It's the beast.
1: Impossible. There
5: is something in that cellar, Dr. Traffic.
1: I'll investigate, Miss Lane. Stay here with the ladies Mother.
5: It may be the beast, you know, Doctor.
1: I'm aware of that possibility, Miss Lane. But in my business, death is an occupational hazard. Margo?
5: Yes, I'm Are you all right? right? Yes, I'm all right you find Miss
1: and Mr. No sign of them everywhere. I've been all over the house.
5: Oh, sir, you
4: ought to call the police like you said. I've already
1: tried, Smethers. Well? There's no answer. I'll afraid the phone lines have been cut. Cut? Yes, darling. Smethers. Uh, yes, sir? have an errand for you. Yes. Sir. My car's outside in the drive. Take it and get over to the village. You,
4: you want me to get the police?
1: Sir? Yes, and don't waste any precious time doing
4: it. Oh, I won't, sir. Smethers. Who, who's that? Dr. Kelly, where are you going? Uh, to the village, sir, to get the police.
1: That is isn't necessary. Why don't you phone them? Oh, the phone, sir. Oh, no, I, I can't. The lines have been cut. Nonsense. The phone in the den is working. The den? But... Yes. Right inside, sir. Oh, no, 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 sir.
4: I wouldn't dare go in there.
1: Sir. Don't be a fool.
4: Oh, Dr. Kravik. Mr. Thaddeus died in that room, sir. I haven't been in it in 30 years. Not for a million dollars would I go in there alone. Would
1: you be afraid if I went in with you? Well, no. I guess I wouldn't, sir. Excellent. After sir. Yes, sir. Dr. Travick!
2: Dr. Trevick, why did you lock the door?
5: Dr. Trevick! Dr. Trevick! Lamar, did you hear a muffled call?
1: I can't be sure. The walls of this house are so thick, they drown out thunder. I do know this, Marco? What? I haven't heard Smethas stop my car on the drive. I'm afraid the time has come for me to do a little investigating. You stay right where you are.
5: But you may need help.
1: But I do. I have someone to rely on. Who? Our mutual friend.
5: Shadow. Don't know whether it's worth to wait up here all alone and go prowling around in the dark of the morning. Anyway, I... oh. Sadly, you frightened me. I have
1: good news. I found Miss Amelia and Miss Ogilvy. You have? Of course I have. I told you I would. Where are they? Below, in the cellar. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. If you don't believe me, come see. <laughs> are, Miss Lane. Oh. Right. there's right off. Who's this? My assistant, Miss Lane. An animal trainer by profession.
3: An animal trainer? Yes.
1: I find him invaluable in the investigation of psychic phenomena. <laughs> Lane has come to see
3: Miss Ogilvy and Mr. Mills. Where are they? You really want to see them?
5: Yes.
1: Let's take a look. There. you the cozy. In the... Yes. I told you I'd found him, Miss Lane. Let me out of
2: here. Let me out of here. What's that?
1: That, Miss Lane, is the beast of Jarrow House, or a reasonable facsimile. There he stands in his cage. Timberwolf. Why, I me by Bardolf to play the part of the spectral hound of old Thaddeus Jarrow.
2: Come on. Come on.
5: Stop Bardolph.
1: Where are you?
5: Let me go. Let me go. Forever, Grab forever. Now there. Oh a
1: tire to that post. Yeah. <laughs> we very well. Proceed. I let him off at the chain? Yes. Oh, uh, one moment. Yeah? Will uh will our lives be safe if you let him loose? Oh, sure. <laughs> he's been trained to the sound of my voice. All I have to do is speak to him, and he's gentle as a lamp trap. Right? All right. Quick, get it over. You've been very curious about the beast place. You should be grateful for this opportunity to meet him, in person. Very well, Vado. Unclip the chain. All right. There.
3: I don't get this at all. He's just sitting in the door without moving.
1: Oh, what's the matter?
3: I don't know. The and his back is standing up straight. Like he was scared to death or something. Something in this room.
1: But there's no one here but us are you laughing at, Bardo? Me? No, I'm not laughing. I thought you were. No, Bardo. No, Travick. You are both wrong. It is I, the Shadow. The shadow? But I,
4: I can't see nobody.
1: Your beast is aware of my presence, however. I'm afraid he's too terrified to do your dirty work for you. <laughs> the game appears to be over, Bardo.
3: It it wasn't my game. Travick here dragged me in this.
1: Quite true, Bardo. It was Travick who knew that the old man had been... How do you know this? When Amelia Dale was awarded this house, Cleric, you plotted with Bardo to create a real beast of terror House to keep her away from your treasure hunting. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Shadow. If you let me go, I'll stand up in court and say you're right. I can't let you go, Bardo. You can make things easier for yourself. How? Ah. By cutting Miss Lane's bonds and freeing her at once.
3: Yes, yes. Sir. Just as you say, sir. I wonder if she's a free Shadow. Then can I go free? I'm
1: afraid not, under the circumstances.
3: Otherwise, is it gonna be different, huh? How different? Such as my having this knife blade pressed against a truck. Very convenient to use. you don't let me and private of here. Good work, Michael. Good work, man. What do you say, Shadow? All I can say is, drop that knife, drop it. Not on your life. What is this?
2: Drop it. Yeah. No! Ah.
1: He's fallen on the very knife he was using to bring me to terms.
5: God, oh.
1: All right, Margot. First, we take this God. gag out. Oh, oh. <sighs> Thank
5: heaven you have
2: okay. come.
5: Now the bonds. There we are. Margo, Margo, let's please. get out of here. Let's get out. Please. Please, Shadow.
1: Here we are. God. Uh, Shadow. What's the matter? The story's jammed. The story's jammed. Will you let me out, please? Will you let me out, Please.
2: Will you? No. Help me. Help! Badoff,
4: speak to me. Speak to the dog. Speak to him. Badoff, Badoff, speak to him.
2: Speak to him!
1: Now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Bartley. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. Recently, I received a letter from a man in New Rochelle, New York. He says, sometimes my furnace fire comes up quickly in the morning, but I can't count on it. Is there a way to bank a fire so it will always respond quickly? The answer is yes, of course. And banking a fire the right way is the easy way to save fuel and to have better heat. The important thing to remember is to always keep a deep fire. A deep, solid bed of glowing coal assures you of quick heat when you want it. So when you shake the grates, do it gently. Then add fuel by raking the fire upward toward the firebox door and putting the fresh coal in the depression. Close the ash pit door and open the check damper. Now your fire is properly banked. It's easy to keep your fire healthy and long-burning if you keep a deep fire bed at all times. Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Baruch. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. This is the
0: Mutual Broadcasting System. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. You know, I think this is the first case of an animal actually being afraid of the shadow. Just because an animal does not see the shadow doesn't mean it's not aware of him. And unlike humans, animals don't usually rely on just their eyesight So this was a strange case that the wolf was so afraid. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iLoveOldTimeRadio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.ILoveOldTimeRadio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.